subtle tones of that lead singer of that great band, Grinder. Oh, that's me. Uh, yes, it's grind time, folks. Darren McCarty, your host, four-time Stanley Cup champion. Thanks for tuning into another episode of Grind Time here at the NRM Streamcast. My thanks to Angel, Cole, Jake, Michael, David. And Andy, who's got stuck on the bathroom. We hope his tummy's better by the end of the night. So good luck with that. Joined, as always, by my co-host, Perry Vellucci, and today's guest, one of my favorite, favorite human beings in the world. Uh, you all might know her, and if you haven't seen the Russian Five documentary yet, then you and I have more issues than this that. But this young lady is the one that... The Golden Child made it come to fruition as the uh, executive producer. And what do you mean by that? Pretty much, you have to, in life, get everything to align. I love Jenny's story, and hopefully she'll tell it, that she went to one person that she knew had to be done. And now we have a movie that Perry... A legacy piece doesn't matter to me. I can get Alzheimer's, I can do whatever, and there's something there that's a legacy piece for me. So to that, I am grateful. Jenny Fedorovich, how are you, my friend? I'm wonderful. Wow, what an introduction. I would have gone, would. Lo I would have gone I, longer, but they made me. If we had the hour and a half show, I would have gone longer, honey. But that's the, that's just a little bit of what you got into, you know. And and we've known each other, I think, three, four years now since you've gone through the production of this and been involved with it. Just you know. Uh, Short story, catch everybody up to date, but uh, the young American boy, Joshua Real, the director, brought you the story from this nice little boy from Port Huron, right? <laughs> brought you the story, and it's beautiful because I preface this because the difference between as a filmmaker and as a creator and a behind the camera, the difference between a passion piece and a money piece. And so when young boy Joshua came to you, what year was this? Oh my God! What year was that? I got thirteen. Uh, I think so. I, it, was it thirteen? I thought 12, I heard him say 13, seven or eight years seven ago. Eight years. Well, he started seven or eight years right. ago. He came to me. I would say maybe what four and a half, five years ago. Four and a half, five years ago. Yeah, because he he was he he lifted the project up a little bit. He made a short piece, and he was trying to get the money, which is probably one of the most difficult things to do in our business. Uh, no matter what we're talking about, right? No matter no if you're matter. doing a, a TV show, which yeah, we're going to get into later. it's extremely difficult, I mean, to finance projects, let alone he was trying to finance a hockey project about a Detroit team and a bunch of Russians in Texas. Talk about impossible. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean that's, yeah. you know, I would make a really, really, that's sort of like Bernie getting in elected right you know like that's sort of like whacked out and that's as political as i'll get on this show i'm canadian i'm going home anyways i don't like the outcome <laughs> yeah let's stay away from politics yeah, yeah. Uh, i've had enough today of that uh, <laughs> yeah. but you know he was he was tasked with something very difficult and i think rightfully so you talk about people who are very creative versus people who are business-like you can have all the creative ideas in the world but the problem is getting the money from those ideas financing those ideas it's very difficult and he moved back to Detroit and gave himself one last final chance. He had enough money just for a short period of time to be here. And, uh, you know, mutual friends of ours introduced introduced us. And he was just sitting there. I was like, oh, my God, I have to I have to do this. Yeah. I wasn't going to do another project. But, I mean, and, and because 
And, and, and there's no secret because you being of, uh, give everybody your background, being a uh, Russian immigrant. Sure, yeah. You, and you I moved mean, here to this country. You yeah. grew up in, which town did you grow up in? I grew up in Moscow. You grew up, so oh, way, hey, New York. You know, I grew up in Moscow. Mm. Yeah, the heart, <laughs> with the streets of Moscow. Little they, right. town of 10 million people or so, you know. Uh, so, you know, of course I'm Russian, and I knew the guys, and I knew the story really well, and it felt like if I wasn't going to do it, who was going to do it? That's who, who was going to tell this story? And that's what it felt like. And I did not want to do anything. I didn't want to do any new projects. You know, as you said, Josh was this American boy who came to me very quietly. and Like nothing know. going for him. Like he, absolutely everything working <laughs> well, against him. Well, he had a good him. story going for no, him. I, well, that, yeah, <laughs> that is yes, the one. Yes. yes, he had a lot of things going against him. Had I not been passionate about this particular story, I would have never given him the money. Absolutely. There's, 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 But there's this small world where I want everybody to realize, and this is what the grind time with Darren McCarty is, you know, you fall down, you got to get back up. But if you believe in it, you can never quit because it doesn't matter if it's this much of a chance you're willing to take that chance and you put everything you have in it you got to believe that the world will work it out my my biggest thing right about the russian five and and yeah the hockey's a context but it's a history piece because of the communists because of the wall because of the stories that i learned and because of the the real realness of how you learned how i grew up you learned how i learned the world you learned how i I, Darren McCarty, went to college because I had Igor Larionov and Slavov Tisov. You learned how, you know, Scotty Bowman was the greatest psychologist, not coach, because he brought people from all different origins, languages, religions, and it anything matter, to believe in the same thing. Just like with Jenny, with Josh being American, with the. Was it Ukrainians that did the animation? Ukrainians did the what, animation, what, you know. And I what, said to him right off the bat, I'm only going to go to one person, like you said. I I believe things happen for a reason. I wasn't going to, if that path wasn't going, right. I wasn't going to fight for you it. Saw, you saw one road, I and saw you, one went, road. you went, hey, let me see if this road's open, and I'm going to ask this one person, and then if, if they, him, her, whatever, I'm just going to go, because if it makes sense, then it'll happen. Yeah, I, in the grand scheme of things, I only saw one way. So I know you well enough. Now, so when Dan, when Dan Milstein, who anybody who knows is is not just a, a great man, Gold Star Mortgage and, and uh, Pavel Datsuk's agent, he represents Kucherov and and uh, but the connection because of the care to the and getting to know him, but of the culture and of the story being right. There's one thing that a lot of times, and especially where, and it's tough when you say that this sort of eight, eight, you put a title on agents or lawyers or whatever that they're only about this but when it's about the story so my question to you is your old fuck moment when he said oh yeah let's do this and you're like because because you it's not like you and 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 we're gonna talk after um let's play the clip of this russian five i got the pre for everybody at home let's play a clip of this because i want to get into everything else you're into because it's not like you sit at home and have nothing to do or you don't have other endeavors <laughs> this is like you fit this in <laughs> yes. to be able because you knew that i needed a history piece because at the time when it was listen it makes sense 2015 i was touch and go whether i was still going to be here so they had to get the interview early but now that i'm here we're going to work on some other things but take a look this is is a preview for the Russian Five. 
when you haven't won a Stanley Cup for 40 years, I don't care how much talent you may or may not have, you're an underdog. The team I took over in 1982 was in the Detroit River, quite frankly. I don't mean to be rude or anything, but you don't have any kind of a hockey club. I knew that there were good players in Russia. The problem was there was an iron curtain. There's no book, you know, you couldn't go anywhere and say, okay, how do you get a guy to defect? I knew one guy that spoke Russian. I get to Helsinki, I notice a guy, I'm convinced he was their KGB guy. Literally, we're making it up as we went along. I said, Sergey, this money's yours if you leave now. It was interesting for me, it was like a little bit exciting. My home phone rings, and it's some guy from the State Department. Do you know the whereabouts of Sergey Fedorov? To which I basically said, yes. Very quickly, you're like, hey, this guy's pretty good, you know? One of the most talented players I ever saw in my life. Scotty Bowman knew one thing, that the Russian game is played in five-man units. First time in NHL history, five Russian guys playing in the same unit. That's it, let's go. They played a different style. It was keep away. I mean, literally, they would play keep away. No way! What is this, hockey night in Canada or hockey night in Russia? Hasta la vista, baby. People questioned Scotty Bowman. They questioned if we could get it done. If they're coming over. They're going to have to play the Canadian way. They're going to have to toughen up. <laughs> it's way beyond hockey. American, Canadian, Swedish, Russian. They're all Red Wings! None of this matters unless we win. The Wings and the Flyers in a Stanley Cup showdown. You got to be so proud, huh? You do. I'm extremely I, proud. You know, I'm very proud... <clears throat> For many reasons, because we had to assemble a team just like you guys did in order to win this. Uh, and I'm proud, like, we just, we were in Israel, right? So the head of, like, imagine it's an equivalent to SPN of Israel that came to see this film. And hockey wasn't really on her radar. I mean, we're talking about Israel, okay? Country that was created in a desert, right? You got to remember, guys, I was there. He was there. Check the episodes out. And I remember this because we went to have... So she saw the film and she was so moved. They called us to their studios. We talked about them potentially buying the film. But through the course of the conversation, she saw hockey have so much passion and as of last week, they acquired the rights to the NHL. So think about the fact wow. what this has done. Dude. Wow. Like wow. now NHL is going to be in Israel. Like people are going to watch hockey in a whole entire country and because a singular person saw this film and understood the passion for the sport. And that's what we try to do with it. And then that's the whole thing, no matter what it is, it's just reaching out to facilitate. And it's the message because they realize it's a bigger message. But that's you know the the irony of that is is to get it out there and to be able to bring it and, and I'll tell you here's how TV works in Israel okay soccer the sports stations I mean, there's they have news and stuff but it's like soccer soccer cricket soccer basketball. so not basketball basketball <laughs> you know something maybe auto racing so now one of those basketball channels will hopefully be a hockey channel that's sick yeah, and they put a new that. rink in the middle and yeah. you know that's one of the things that speaking of uh not only the power of power of the spirituality and and being able to go to the russian embassy and doing all the great you know, the Dead Sea, the tour, the Jerusalem, the Wailing Wall and stuff like that. But what a great experience that was. But to be able to share that movie and to see how it's and it just grows because it, it gets bigger than life. 
Right. You know, and it's just, bigger it's going the message. everywhere, right? Like Italy is just acquiring the rights. So it's it's going to go all over the world and the message is there and I mean, I'm proud of what it's doing for the people and all the emails that we're getting and just people loving this vibe, loving the film, loving the message of the film. Of course, who wouldn't be proud of being a part of that? Now, I got to ask you the one question is because you took this not only to Israel, but you guys were in England, but you were in Russia. And you debuted in Russia. And then I remember talking to you before that because that's... Can you explain to the people at home a little bit about you know your comprehension or but you're taking the film back to where your people left where and and as a canadian and living in america but you expect like there was something where you can understand sort of the concern or or just how it would be received can you talk about how it was received or what you got out of that from your expectations going into it? Yeah, of course. So we were very apprehensive about going to Russia. I mean, honestly, we're not going to lie. We're like, okay, the whole first part of this film happens where people are defecting. They're basically running away from from that particular regime, right? And we were not sure how is it going to be received. Are people going to say they were traitors? So what are we talking about? Because essentially, sure, it's called the Russian Five, but really the film is about Detroit. It's about this team. It's about winning together. Yeah. The message is togetherness. It's not divisiveness. It's not separation, which we see a lot of those things happening in the world. So we were not sure. And we went there. There was a really intense press conference two weeks prior to us opening the film. And the press conference was, like, very Russian. If you see the pictures, well, you can explain, all of a sudden, you I'm can explain there. very Russian is, like, you know, it's you don't know. Stoic. Right. It's like, you know, the gulags and stuff. It's, like, super stoic. And nobody's you're just, you're smiling. You're looking for the Siberian like, Express outside uh, there? Yeah, like, I'm used to, like, being on, in the press here. I'm correcting a joke. People are laughing. Meanwhile, there's hundreds of cameras and people are just sitting there, like, all like this, super serious. I'm like, oh my God, like, what is going to happen here? Like, it was a bit weird, right? So we premiere, it's 1,500 people, it's the most beautiful theater, and slowly we're just watching people clap, and they cry, and they laugh together. And the energy was just so amazing. And the after discussion was amazing. Then the press went. Then the fans went. And people really embraced and loved the film. It, there was no they discussion about... for what about, it was. For yeah, what it was, not what for it was. where we came from. Yeah, it was just, they got it. They understood it. They got the message. Uh, they clapped like crazy when you were beating them you up like it. crazy. So I mean, the whole place. See, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it doesn't matter. I the told you guys exploded. out there, I'm more Jewish and more <laughs> Russian than you realize. So it just really, and being born there and having such a reception, and then the news were flooded by how great the film is. Then they played it on TV, and now it's available for for distribution through, like, you know, their version of Netflix and et cetera. And people are loving it. And every day we get more and more and more messages on how inspirational the film is. So it truly transcended, you know, every culture that there is. It does. And and you know what? I, I was able to spend some time, and I hadn't seen them. For a few years, but with Slav Tisov and 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 it's so, I don't know how you explain, but there's certain people in your life that can just tell you things and have a way to speak to. You. And he's always been that big brother, that Papa Bear sort of like. And we were sitting down talking. It's pretty much he just said he said, well, because he's going, uh, you know, just quitting smoking, but gone through transformation, a change in his diet, and because his dad, who's 88, said, Slava, why are you going to live and try to make the world a better place when you don't even want to be in it? You know, like when you're not taking care of yourself, and it's just sort of the, like the cut and dry. The one thing about the rush, the one thing that I love is to see the embrace of my teammates 
of and and the Russian like not not drapes and all we we always got it but it's the Russian guys and to see them warm up to because just like the people it's sort of like the the what is the message too and they realize how I think more so as you see it now from Sergey to to him spend you know giving the old Sergey effect to Josh and uh, having him out all night drinking and stuff that which is a special thing to Igor showing up in England to can you talk about the embrace of that? Because I know at the beginning that there has, there wasn't, I'm all in from the beginning because I see what it is, but I understand we're all different and whether people, they didn't see the whole purpose of it, but well, I they were hesitant, now. weren't they? I mean, I know Igor on the premiere at the uh, free press film festival, was down in Florida texting me, you know, Hey, let me know how it went. It's come a long way, but you gotta, you but know, I want people to understand that even in, like everything's not always hunky dory. You got to prove even inside and sure, especially because yeah. the rush, but the, but the way that the guys have embraced it because they see the love or the message that what it is, I, I you know, that's very important that all of you see what you've brought to everybody to, to, to your conversation. But have you had, have they said any of the guys like said anything to you or like a, along the way that is just sort of, in a like in a, in a Russian way, because there's the Russians are like stoic, <laughs> but it's like you sort of and I know not it's all, sort of like not all of them. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? Jenny's balls are fucking way bigger than yours, Perry. <laughs> Don't get a fucking twist. I'm so more scared of her than you. Well, you uh, yeah, you should be. <laughs> I mean, a lot of people were extremely apprehensive. I mean, as you know, you were in, but most people were like, ah, we don't know. Is this going to be good? What kind of story are they going to tell? You know, people were apprehensive. How are we going to handle the Vladdy piece? How are we going to handle the accident piece? You know, but our idea was always tell the story the way it is from a human perspective. And that's why you got it 100%. And not in any other way. But along the way, you see people like Scotty embrace it, right? I mean, he was with us in Toronto with Brandon Shanahan and telling us how blown away he is by how good this is and how true it is, right? So every single compliment that we get from you guys and the people in this film is the fact that we nailed it, right? So you feel like we told your story <laughs> in 100% correct way. So as a filmmaker, as a producer, it doesn't get any better than that. When Scotty says that, when yeah. Brandon says that, you know, when Slava looked at me in Israel and said, are you happy? You know, are you so happy that's, that there it is, is right there. Right? When, when Slava says to you, are you happy? Because to explain, which means that I'm proud of you, you should be proud. Right, it's a very Russian you, it's sort a very of Russian, right? Yeah, it's because, a Russian country. Right. 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 <laughs> which I want you to meet. So that's where it's come around. And, and you know, like you said, we continue to do things. Like we're talking about uh, heading out to, to Colorado, possibly talking on the, the with the U.S. Uh, Olympic, USA hockey, USA hockey, mm -hmm. and and so this film, because the beauty of it, it it'll just gain power because it's a history piece. And as it gets going, I don't want to jip my listeners and fans up because, like I said, there is so much more to Jenny to then it just the Russian five because there's also two you started so explain to the listeners you have a PBS startup company that you started uh, it's a show a show yep. yes so uh, the bread and butter of my television career has always been a show called startup it's on PBS uh, you can watch it on your local PBS station on Amazon Prime, or you can stream it on PBS.org if you have Apple TV or Roku. And we travel across the country and we tell stories of entrepreneurs, people who follow their dreams. No matter what that dream is, they follow it to the end, they end up opening businesses, and we'll learn from them why they do it, 
exactly how they did it to inspire people who are watching TV there on a Sunday to look at the TV and go, I'm no different than this guy or this girl. This is how they did it. I can do it too. I can follow my dreams. Was that the exact passion? Were you sitting on the couch the one day? Like, how did it oh, come Oh, I've never about? been sitting on a couch. <laughs> I think you know me by now. I don't think... Was Raisa sitting on a couch? Was Raisa sitting Raisa, on the couch? Raisa, I didn't meet Raisa yet when that okay. started. Um, so it started from curiosity. A friend of mine came to my studio. I was already in the, in the video production business, but I was mostly doing commercials, some feature films. And he said, I have an idea. I want to make a television show about how people open their businesses. This way we can learn from them and become better business people. I was like, okay, sounds good. Why not? You know, it was eight years ago. The economy was kind of not that great, right? So we're like, let's go around and ask people how they're doing what they're doing, right? We used to drive by and go, how's this place still in business? What are they doing? How are they making money? I mean, literally, See, it was take that, that curiosity. The, diff, the only difference, Jenny, is, 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 is like you said, that there's, there's the creative and then there's the execution, right? And you got to have the creative and the execution, but you're an executioner. So you're, you're always looking at how do I... No, in, in the best you get things form done. of the way. We'll go with that. Yeah. You get, you get no, things no, she's done. the yeah. executioner, yeah. Perry. Good or I bad. Know. It's she, just like... She hey, can kick your ass. We know. Guys, it's just like I always say. Consequences are both not just negative. They're positive, too. It's usually a visionary and an integrator. Okay, is that it? The in a business, yeah. Okay. So but, but you could call executioner me an executioner and ideas. But, but, but Jen, that, that's how your life was, too, though. You I like a startup, because when you came... When you came from Russia, when did you come from Russia? How old were you? And you had to start up. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I was 14 years old. It was 1989, and we had $100 and six suitcases. And That's a startup. in a shitty little apartment, right? Um, but so we started the show as a startup, right? So we had no idea how to make a television show. Honestly, none of us did. We had zero experience, zero idea. Uh, my partner, Gary, who is now the host of the show, knew people. Did you get his passwords? Uh was he looking for his passwords the other day when I walked <laughs> yes. in? Did he find them? <laughs> yes, I think so. Hey, we all know at tax time you got to find your passwords. And Gary, <laughs> yes, Gary yes. was all disheveled when I stopped by the office the other day because it was that it's time. It's tax to, time, Gary. right? <laughs> so Gary's like, I know the guys who make Under the Radar. I don't know if you know that show on PBS. It's a Michigan show. And we were only going to do a Michigan show. He said, let's go talk to them about how they did it. So we went to them. They introduced us to Detroit Public Television. It was going to be only a Michigan show. So we shoot our first pilot we pick up the cameras we make it we go to them and they're like well this is really good maybe we can make it regional so we go back out on the road go to chicago shoot another pilot come back they're like this is too good we're gonna take you guys nationally so not knowing what they're talking about we're celebrating we're popping champagne we're like oh my god we're gonna have a national tv show and then they look at us and they go it's PBS, go find your own money. <laughs> We're like, oh, what do you mean go find our own money? Like, you're a TV thing, it's really big, it's national, don't you give us the money? They're like, no, it's public broadcast, you have to have companies that will sponsor the show so you can make, so now we are we have a national TV show that we want to make, which costs a lot of money, and we have no money, obviously. And I, had, at that point, have never asked anybody for more than $20,000 in my life. So we had to figure out how to finance a show that would cost probably almost a million dollars to make. And, and that was did. a really fun adventure. We did. We did, did in a really unconventional way. Um, what had happened is we first hired people who said they can get us the money. That didn't happen. It never does. Nobody got us the money. It Through my experience happened. of running the show. Don't look for nobody. the I, look yeah. for the we. The we person, 
He makes the decision, or she. So we got frustrated. We're like, well, other people have done it, so we've got to figure this out. So I literally sat on LinkedIn, and I scoured who do I know in a company that I think might give us money. Did the work. Yep. So I found a guy I haven't talked to in 10 years, and I LinkedIn messaged him. I said, I know we haven't talked in 10 Never years. Never burn a bridge. You work at American Express. I'm looking, I'm looking for an absurd amount of money. <laughs> Do you think you can help me? <laughs> so the guy said, you know ask. what? Yeah, ask. So he said, you know what? I met my wife at your party, and I love you, and you're awesome, and I have the greatest family in the world, so I'm going to help you. <laughs> Stop right there, guys. Wow. Okay. Oh. It's not what you know. It's who you know. But you never know how you can affect somebody's life. And I'll sit here and say that I'm the first one that it's none of my business. That's why I got to be consistent because I know I do. And that's what the greatest part of me being me is. But it's that's exactly so you keep your intentions pure and you work forward and your goal in hand. And this it's the infinity world. So he says, because said, of this. He said, because of this, I'm obviously he's not going to give me the money, but he's going to make some introductions, right? Because people need to get the money based on the merit of what they're doing. So he started making introduction. One was a no, two was a no, three was a no. Four, I find myself sitting on the 41st floor of American Express building in New York, looking at the Hudson River or Bay, going, why am I here asking these people for $350,000? What am I doing here? This is insane. We end up having a great meeting. This woman had just gotten a job at American Express. American Express becomes our first sponsor. Um, when somebody like American Express believes in you and becomes your first sponsor, you know, obviously things roll a certain way. And seeing this I, woman... I, I got a visa, <laughs> but I mean, you don't got to give me the credit card, but hey, grind time, sponsored by the American Express, all about it. Nick.DarrenMcCarty.com. You know, I actually just talked to them. We still keep in touch with her. They were sponsors for three years. Um, we're now doing season eight. So I was just in New York. We still keep in touch. And she said, you know why I gave you the money? The show didn't exist at that time. It was your first season. Yes, the concept was great, but it was not a proven concept. She said, I gave you the money because of you. You said something to me, and I forever remember that. This is eight years later. A person runs a global brand. She said, you said to me, I'm a, wom you're a, I'm a woman of my word, and trust me, and you should believe in us. This is going to be the greatest investment you ever make. And something struck a chord with her right there and then that she decided to come on as a sponsor. Because, Jenny, the, the, here's the one thing is you understand, and I get it, because you are graced with being the Russian where you have that, where you have, when you say, put your word behind it like Slava says, are you happy? There's a when you understand that there's a vibe and there's energy that is given off where it's it's believable or any and knowing you you have that there's certain people that when they tell you, right you know Aaron, my boy Aaron he's the same way when he swears something off or he says he's gonna do it it's it's done, and that's what's got you to the, to the point you are now now which leads us to what are you working on now? So season eight of startup. So is, is this, this where year? I have the clip for? Uh, I don't know. Do you have startup clip, or you probably have a, another yep. one? Yep. I think, no, yeah. I have the startup. Oh. Yeah, we're gonna yeah. we're oh, let's Jesus. let's so watch the clip of eight. of season eight. Well, this is season seven, but we're right. Gonna, well, but we're they're working, working on season, season eight. eight. Yeah. But we're just saying, see what the three hundred fifty thousand. Imagine what I could do here at grind time with that. <laughs> probably get rid of. No, I would never do that. Period. Irreplaceable. Nobody else that could fit the job. No. 
Will, Tennessee, to talk with Will, a youth pastor and mentor who created Salem Town Board Company, a business that makes handcrafted skateboards while giving back to the community. Then we swing by Somerset Center, Michigan to talk to Steve, a tenacious visionary on a mission, and the owner of Meckley's, an apple orchard that makes homemade hard cider. All of this and more is next on Startup. What's your favorite part after seven, moving into eight years, why do you still do it? I love to inspire people, and the show has inspired more people than I could ever imagine. Honestly, we're doing a hundredth episode this year, and we're going to do it on us, and we're going to tell the story of how we started the show, because people have been asking us. But literally, we get to tell such amazing stories, and we get to get people to be inspired and to do stuff that they love. I mean, I hate the fact that so many people are doing what they hate, right? Right. Mm. And then when you watch people doing what they love, and they tell you it's not necessarily about money. I mean, you spend so much of your time doing things. And I love to expose incredible stories. It's like Burnell Colton, that was season five, we were in New Orleans, you know, when the hurricane hit, everybody had left. He's the only person operating a grocery store there. He came back from the army, took all of his savings and opened the store and then opened the daycare in a barbershop all in one building to service his community. What an incredible story. Who does that? Most people moved out and nobody cares that you have to take three buses to get a loaf of bread. Or a story we opened season seven, Maria Empanada, she was homeless when she came to America. She's a three and a half million dollar business now making empanadas. That's crazy. That's Who makes awesome. empanadas being three and a half million dollar business? They got to be good. <laughs> you know, or episode number two, you know, they want to supply clean water to people, which should be a right to everybody, right? right? Everybody should be able to have that. And they started that. They do a water in a very particular way. And they want to put up filters in certain communities where people have access to things like that. So stories that are inspiring, stories of people. Maybe I don't go to college. Maybe I start a business. Or maybe I'm 65 and I hate everything I'm doing. I always wanted to own a coffee shop. Or maybe I just had another crazy idea. So it's really inspiring people and hundreds of emails and interviewing 500 entrepreneurs by now in my casting process and getting to know their stories. Selfishly, they make me better. Yeah. Well, and, and then how does the, the influence obviously does has helped having the Russian Five where they understand when you go in to talk to somebody and they realize, oh, you put the, because it's a passion. It's that, believe in me, I'll make this great. And, and you sift through all the BS and the bullshit and find out the real, who are the real people. Because that's funny. I love it. Somebody try to bullshit you because that's just like, not <laughs> yeah, good luck there. Aw, good luck. You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I don't know if people know about that. I mean, like five million people watch Startup. It's a pretty big show. Yeah. We're one of the top four shows in television. Well, they just don't know you, business. Jenny, because <clears throat> you're behind the camera. You're the executioner, and you always <laughs> have them. But you know what? I want to do an episode. Um, I, I want to have your guys in, or whenever, when you're ready to do the to as you. Uh, shoot your how you started up and something I'd love to capture a conversation with uh, with all, everybody's perspective because that's what it's about here grind time yeah. it's about giving back and facilitating the information uh, before I let you guys go and give you the moment of truth this is my uh, favorite uh, moment of the weekend and if anybody has not known yet you might have met episodes before but of my rainbow unicorn so yesterday I was just want to report that LCA this was not me running around claiming to be Darren McCarty um, on the uh, no even though he has four cops 
Um, that is my rainbow unicorn. If you see him, tell him, Andy, uh, we said hello and we missed you, and I do need that coat back. But he is right, Perry. He's got the four cups. It doesn't uh, yeah. look like you. No, no, it doesn't. No, but he was he was <laughs> sure he was trying he was, he was trying to he was trying out. to sell it. Yes. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, that's why you don't do drugs. Stick to plants. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, for my guest, Jenny Fedorovich, I love you very much. Um, you know, I didn't even get into Ethan who just turned two and uh and raising the great time we all had uh, in uh Israel and stuff, but we'll catch up soon and uh, I love you, I appreciate you and uh keep doing what you're doing. Love you too. Thank you for having Perry, me. Perry Perry. Thanks for being paired. Hey, I'll tell At you least what. You dress for the you dress for the show, hey, Perry. Right from the beginning, right? Once I first saw it, and this movie is just oh. You know what, guys? No matter how many times you fall down, it's grind time. Get your ass back up. We're gone.